That finger point means it's time to start the show. Welcome to This Week in Film, the weekly podcast where we get together, talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days, show each other our sexy no-ankle socks, and talk about the movies, like I just said. I'm Nick Fronto. Joining you, as always, is none of the regular people you're used to, but Lou is here. Yes! That's why we set the levels before the show. Lou, welcome back to the show. Hey, Nick. It's good to be back. It's been a few months or so. Yeah, maybe since, since that one glorious evening where Dan and I took over the airwaves. And you explained the entire plot of Dead Poets Society. You even had to edit it out. I gave you Lots. too much. Lots and lots. I, I said there were three things, and only two made the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I chose an 80-minute movie this time. Lou, tell us what you saw this week. I saw a movie that most people probably have ignored their whole life. And Moving on to my movie. <laughs> oh, man, I saw 1992's Brain Donors. God. That, shut up. This is the worst movie. It's not. It's. It might be some kind of Guinness Book of World Record for for most jokes in a movie. Every line is a joke. There are no wasted dialogues. There there are some wasted dialogue, but there. There's no. <laughs> Listen, John Turturro is in this movie. John Turturro's in a lot of movies. Yeah, but at this time, he said, "What am I going to do to cool down from Miller's Crossing and Barton Fink? I'm going to do." <laughs> Uh, this movie, Dennis Dugan, Dennis Duggan, Dugan, whatever. Have you, you said the title yet? Yeah, Brain Donors, yeah. 1992. Right, yeah. Everybody's in their prime. Oof. So the director, uh, Den didn't direct anything. <laughs> the director, after this movie, only directed television for like five years. And then his first comeback was Happy Gilmore, where as it turns out, he's now like Adam Sandler's director now. Oh. It, went ha it went Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja, and then straight on through to like Grown Ups 2. So wow. I guess this was enough with all his TV show acting, uh, directing, and this gem to give him the old... Adam Sandler pat in the back. Well, what's your Adam Sandler's friend? You're in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get it's employment for life. You just ask Rob Schneider. So, Brain Donors. Schneider. <laughs> Brain Donors is a uh, essentially a Three Stooges meets Marx Brothers uh, a movie. It's literally a nice, clean 80 minutes long. The three main characters are John Turturro as Roland T. Flack Pfizer. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mel Smith. Uh, Mel, who you will know as like, uh, he's the albino in Princess Bride. He's the British guy, short, stocky British guy. Um, mm. uh, and he's been on tons of other stuff, but Princess Bride is his biggest uh, role. And uh, Bob Nelson, who at the time was a huge... No. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He was a big deal comedian, stand-up. He was more of like a carrot top thing. He definitely did props and a lot of... Uh, he juggled scarves. He, ju he juggled scarves. And simpler time. Oh, man. Did anything work on HBO and Comedy Central at the time? He he was so known for his, it's, I guess I should call him handkerchief. He was so known for his handkerchief juggling that it's in the movie. <laughs> and the movie is a, it's a, it's a take on the Marx Brothers, uh, I think it's called Night at the Opera or whatever. One of those, one of their many movies where uh, John Turturro as Roland T. Flackfizer plays a, um, uh, like an injury lawyer, like he's what do they call him, ambulance chaser or whatever. Yeah. So he's a guy who shows up at uh, at accident scenes and tries to become their lawyer to make some easy buck. Right. And so Lillian Oglethorpe, her 
<laughs> her husband has just passed away, and uh, basically in his will, he has stated that he wants his money to go th- to opening a ballet theater, a ballet company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> Then they make a ballet company, but Roland really wants to own it because he knows how much money's in it. But Laszlo, the family attorney, really doesn't want to. Of course, he doesn't want to relinquish his role in the family as the attorney. So he comes. He gets the great Valare at the time. (laughs) It's really hard to describe this movie. It's eighty minutes. Just watch it, and then you'll be like, "Watch it." There's no reason not to watch. I. Listen, folks, I saw this movie in 92. It was on HBO forever. I then made all my friends. I remember one time in a marching band trip to uh, Myrtle Beach, I played it on the bus. Oh. It was a 50-50 hit. Listen, I I left. There were 40 people on that bus that were (laughs) furious. I, I watched this again last night, and I laughed just as hard. As I did when I showed it to you seven, eight years ago. Something like that. Yeah, whatever. Oh, that was a tough day. It's, listen, brain donors, it's a great, like, trivia for, no. you know, you're like, oh, John DeToro didn't do everything that was awesome. I get it, yeah. But this is a, a great, great comedy. It really is. There's You don't have to get muddled down in plot or acting. It's all slapstick, Three Stooges comedy with line after line after line of nothing but crazy, goofy, just just jokes. Just joke jokes. I w- we watched this movie, like you said, a few years back, and it was painful. There were three of us. It wasn't like it was just the two of us. It was, wasn't it Matt? It was Matt. And um, we're, it was silence. Like, and the silence was louder yeah and louder and and louder than the movie and we just I, kept looking at you right and the thing is every time you'd look at me i'm laughing but not in that way where you're laughing loud enough so you want the other people to know that was funny i'm laughing because genuinely i'm still laughing as yeah. if i had just seen it for the first time so listen maybe it's not i love fun. the three stooges and i love the marx brothers i've seen night at the opera and it's pretty good i, I liked it it's you know it doesn't hold up to today's but anyway this movie did not make it to 1995 as far as timelessness. Uh, it's still fine. Um, <laughs> I, I guess you had to see, if you saw it when you were like 12, it was right, right in your wheelhouse. It's it there forever. But came out in 92. It was not released on a DVD till 2004. Because I think me and three other guys said, why is it not on DVD? If you want to find it on DVD now, if you go on Amazon, you can find one for $32.99. What? Yeah, because it's like the only one. Jesus. Besides the one I have. So you could sell that for $33. But I would never have it again. Guys, <laughs> brain donors will never let you down. It might, listen, It's I, I, maybe it's like a, a 33% success rate. You, <laughs> you if, dropped from 100% to 50 to 33. Well, no, I well, you're right, but I was thinking it was a room of three people when I oh, showed it right. with you, and I was the only one that liked it. But I've shown it to, like, you know, other friend. He's, he, we quote it back and forth to each other still now. So I think if you showed it to a room full of 20 people, 10 would thank you at the end uh, with, with, like, gusts down towards seven. People would high five you. Seven percent. Seven people. Right. Oh, okay. Coming in at that. Tw- <laughs> coming in at that thirty percent rate. Slapstick's a tough, a tough nut. Right, and they because f- and they put a clinic on about how to do it. I, I, I'm trying to remember the movie. I don't 
really i tried to race as much of it as i could but that comic bob bob nelson bob nelson is just terrible he is everything that is awful about early 90s comedy right but he's the one who got all the big gigs because like, he was the jeff dunham of the 90s because it's like what what uh i don't know half wits laughed at <laughs> he <laughs> he 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 could fill an arena because he was going to do the juggling like he handkerchief. Doesn't, does, he doesn't have any lines in the movie, does he? Yes, he does. Doesn't he just stand there and make faces while well, doing the, magic? Doesn't yep. he wear like a big brown trench coat the yep, whole time? The whole time, because his whole act, he wore all his clothes at the same time too. When he the first scene is he wakes up out of bed and he's wearing one of those old classic nineteen twenties uh, uh, nightgowns for a man. But he tears it off. A dressing gown. A dressing gown. Okay. And, he, and he and he tears it off to already have his clothes for the day on. And he and that and that gimmick will come back later. He just wears all his clothes. All the, they, they say uh, something about where the line is. I don't have any luggage. I'm like good, this all makes sense. There are listen. That was not a good joke. <laughs> they they say behind every good man is a great woman. And thank God I have Leslie Oglethorpe because quite frankly I enjoy the shade. Voted most likely to go up a few dress sizes. The woman who would be a man, except her name is Lillian. Lillian Oglethorpe. There's these are all these are lines after a line. Just everything's a joke. You're gonna giggle. Why wouldn't you? It's just why why deprive yourself of just eight? Well, you've wasted eighty minutes playing Candy Crush. Watch Brain Donors instead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. What did you watch? Well. I watched the movie from 1986, directed by Russell Mulcahy. Oh, what? Yeah, that was a good one. What's that one? Uh, Mulcahy, Mulk, Mulcahy, Mulcahy, probably Mulcahy. Hey, starring Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery as a Spanish Egyptian. <laughs> I saw Highlander, Rawr. with the soundtrack by Queen. Damn right you did. God damn it, is this movie great yeah. and awful at the same time. Some would say that about brain donors, but this is a whole different genre. This is a completely... Highlander is the story of Christopher Lambert. Is it Lambert? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, probably, he's I feel French. Like, yeah, I feel like it's got a Lambert on it there. Christopher Lampy. <laughs> they, they called him Lamb Chop for short. <laughs> Lambo. He, uh... He plays a Scottishman named Connor McLeod. McLeod. Or as he likes to say it, I'm Connor McLeod. Christopher Lambert is not Scottish. Is not Scottish. He's French. And uh, according to IMDb, before this movie was made, did not speak English. (laughs) (laughs) And God does it show. So it's English with a Scottish accent, but he barely knows English. Right. And Wait, I guess that would make sense. He learned, like, the English that he speaks in this movie is kind of like when Jet Li or Jackie Chan speak English oh, yeah. in a movie where they it's just... phonetic. They know their lines phonetically. Yeah. And so, he's, like, his lines are delivered so oddly. But before we get into that stuff, Highlander is the story of a man in the 1500s, Scotland, gets killed on the field of battle but doesn't die uh. because he's an immortal. Sean Connery shows up to teach him all the rules about being an immortal. And then it's 1986, (laughs) New York City. Time to fight the bad guy from Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> the the immortals in the movie, um, they they fight each other with swords uh, because the the only way to kill them, the only way to kill another immortal is to remove his head from his shoulders. Oh, That's the only way that you can kill him. A clean cut, behead them. All right. Um, so from time, like beyond past until 1986, <laughs> at the time of the gathering, these guys are all just killing each other, but never, but if they don't fight, they don't die. That's the plot of Highlander. It is, uh, it takes place in the eighties, flashes back to the 1500s, flashes back to Nazi Germany. Oh, okay. Flashes back to... 1786. Oh, like a little colonial stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, this is a movie I saw as a kid because it was always on some channel growing mm -hmm. up. It was one of those, yeah. it was like a Sunday afternoon right after the football season. It was always on one of those channels. Yeah. But I have not seen it probably in the last 25 years. So a lot of the movies of that time blend together. Yeah. Because I think of Beastmaster a lot when I think of Highlander for no reason. It's and the swords. And yeah. It's and, the giant, they have these, they use these giant swords. Yeah, like it looks like a Japanime video game. Broadsword. I don't think you had to bring ladies into it, but it's like a sword that's really fat. Hilarious joke. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but uh, I think that's what it is. Because yeah. all those Schwarzenegger, right? Conan, Conan, they all have those giant, un ridiculous swords and some kind of clothing made out of fur. Yeah, yeah. Um, the part of I remember about it is just the the queen, because I was always the a queen, queen soundtrack is fantastic. Here I am. Right? Is that that song? Waiting for the man. I'm the hero. I'm forgetting all the words of that oh, song. Oh, did you? Yeah. Like I think right away. <laughs> I, I was. I thought you were singing the words. I thought that was some of them. Yeah, I was doing my. Uh, I just learned Scottish. Um. Um, again, according to the IMDb, the movie was made and completed, and they offered the soundtrack to a bunch of different bands, and then finally got around to offering it to Queen, and Queen loved it, and they wrote they wrote a bunch of songs for the various scenes in the movie, and it's some of the songs are perfect, Queen songs like the. Um, Oh, what's the one about dying too young? Um, Wait, are they all forever young or something like that, or not the song "Forever Young"? <laughs> There's two of those, Alphaville or Rod Stewart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so anyway, Queen does a lot of great songs in the movie. But if when you're watching it, you can't tell if they got the songs from Queen first and then made scenes around. Oh, okay. Or or vice versa. And also, the movie feels like it really wanted to be a Rocky movie because there's so many flashbacks, a couple montages. Well, you got to have a montage. There's including, uh, you know, in Rocky Three, where Rocky and Apollo are training on the beach. Um, yeah, of course, we all know this. Yes, immortalized by your Halloween costume a few years ago. Check it out; it's perfect. I was Apollo Creed from Rocky Three when they're training on the beach. There was no question about it. When you walked in any bar that night, everybody said, "Hey, look, it's Apollo Creed." There's everyone knew immediately, and there was no questions about it. There's not any chance people confused you as a guy outside of Studio Fifty Four in the early '80s. Speaking of Freddie Mercury, <laughs> <laughs> who wants to live forever? That's it. Yeah. yeah. Who wants to live forever? 
Which is poignant because Freddie Mercury died not too long after. Didn't he die in like 1993 or 19, 5? 19, 1991. He died in 1986. He died in 1991. Shortly after the movie came out. Well, by the time everybody had seen the movie, he died. Right. So. Right. So, uh, yeah. It's kind of poignant. You know, it's only five years later. And I'm sure he was sick before that. So my point. We'll stand. Well, I like what you're just saying about how you can't tell if the songs came first or they the songs were just singing what they saw. But I like uh, that the whole th- point of a Highlander is they're immortal, and the song that was the big hit was "Who Wants to Live Forever." Well, like it's almost like that was their first reaction to hearing what's it about? It's a guy who lives forever. Who wants who to live forever? Forever, yeah. Well, that song plays during one of the better scenes in the movie where um, it's better in quotes because it's hilarious. Um, but still well done. It's it's so strange, this movie, because it's it's at the same time terrible, but so compelling that you must watch it. Yeah, that's why like it was the perfect TBS Saturday or like whatever yeah. was the show, like the channel you were watching when it was growing up. It was the perfect. You were and, not um, turning it off. So that song plays during a sequence where it's the olden Scottish times and Christopher Lambert. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> um, it's where he, what is how you pronounce his name where he's from he, um, I've always called him Lambert <laughs> and uh, so he he's married to this Scottish girl and Sean Connery I'll get into him right. I'll get I'll get to him in welcome just a moment the, welcome to the rock. he says you have to leave her because you're gonna stay forever young I won't and be. she won't and right. so like the scene the scene plays out in a montage and at the end she's just an old lady but oh. it's the same actress in old in really bad old lady makeup and she's just like who are we tell me where we are and then she just goes limp wait <laughs> dead does he go back in time it flashes back to him going to her where she's now aged uh-huh okay remember the movie forever young with mel gibson and jamie lee curtis yes a young Elijah Wood. Uh huh. Do you remember this? I don't think I ever saw it. Oh man, <laughs> he, he's in a time capsule. Yes, or something right. Yeah. George Went plays a guy who's a scientist. Norm. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, Mel Gibson, his character, and I forget his name, uh, is like a, a like a fighter pilot in World War II, or whatever. I think it's ever. Yep. <laughs> and he. The name's ever. Ever young. <laughs> It was a letter to his his wife. Send this. It's or in the envelope. It said it's for comma ever young. And anyway, yeah. So he he volunteers to do this thing where they were gonna freeze freeze him, and just to see if the experiment would work for a little bit of time. Flash forward forty sixty. I don't forget. It was like it was like fifty years. They uh-huh. forgot about him in a storage container, and they let him out. Anyway, Mel Gibson, who has not aged from the time he went in, is now in present day. Blah blah blah. He gets a cut in a fight. Anyway, he goes back. They take him back to where he used to live, and his girlfriend at the time is still alive, only in now times. And it's the same thing. Right. He he, he catches yeah. up and he starts aging. Yeah. And and he. I'm like, oh, I've seen this before. In the Mel Gibson classic Forever Young. It's funny you should bring up the Mel Gibson classic comedy Forever Young because a drama. Mel Gibson, amongst, uh, along with everyone in Hollywood, was offered the lead in this movie. Everyone was offered the role of Christopher Lambert in this movie, and everyone turned it down. There's a list here of... So many names, and Wait, I'm trying who? to get to the list. Wait, 
now because I'm confused now. The character's name is Christopher Lambert, or that's the uh, actor. That's the actor. Okay, so <laughs> Christopher Lambert. You keep saying everybody was offered the role of Christopher Lambert. <laughs> We all could have been Christopher we, Lambert. Do you know how many times Mel Gibson was asked to be Christopher so Lambert? Here are some of the people that were offered the role, or offered or considered. Considered seems pretty broad. Sure. That could just be. Yeah, like, but um, MacGyver, Kevin Costner, Nicolas Cage, which, how dare they rob us of that experience? I can't die. David Caruso, Michael Keaton, just everybody. Uh, Swayze, Travolta, Bruce Willis. Um, just everyone was offered it. Uh, Duran Duran was the other band that was offered the. Uh, oh. <clears throat> so, wait, um, wait, when was when was the uh, when was the Bond film? When when was uh, it was the next year? It was the next year or later this year? Oh, so Duran Duran said, "No, we already got this thing cooking." Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, and the one of the and um, a view to a so kill. yes, exactly, because. Uh, uh, all the information I got for this movie came from the Internet Movie Database. Ah. It's an official website. And um, <laughs> so, anyway, Christopher Lambert is terrible. He's well, just... They, they got down to the last choice of a guy who didn't know English. Right. <laughs> and he they hire him for the movie, find out, and then find out he doesn't speak a word of English. <laughs> it was a paper application. Yeah. I guess, or something like that. Like, how do you not know that your lead actor, like, did you never talk to him? Yeah, was there no screen test? <clears throat> I guess not. I guess they were so desperate to just begin production. Um, but then Sean Connery, in the, you have to get it right, right, in the role of Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, <laughs> plays an Egyptian born over 2,000 years ago. Of course. Who then became a Spaniard, mm -hmm. which is why his name becomes all that. In the trivia, it says Sean Connery had a voice coach that helped him perfect the Spanish accent um, you hear him use in the movie. Did Sean Connery sounds like Sean Connery. <laughs> he sounds as he sounds as Spanish as he does Russian in the Hunt for Red October. And that voice coach made a ton of money to he do really nothing. Did. That's well done. Uh, it does wait. In in Highlander terms, do you just like every thousand years you're alive, can you just like decide on a new nationality, like a country of origin? Like, I don't know. I don't know why Sean Connery is old in yeah, the movie. You yeah, know, when, like when, yeah. When does your immortality start? Exactly. Yeah. I would think it would start like because everybody else in the movie is about thirty five, thirty thirty five. And Sean Connery. Is, Sean Connery looks like he's already sixty years old. Right. And, and has, uh, for since um. Uh, right after his first uh, stint as Bond, uh, yeah. that whole run, he was like, "Yeah, I'm 60 now." Uh, so also, a fun fact: Sean Connery wore a hairpiece the entire time he was James Bond. That's not his hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's heartbreaking. Did he? I'm actually going to tell me as a merkin down there. I mean, in those scenes. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> Does at any point in this movie does he say, "Rye, I'm the last one"? I no, and no one says that because um, <laughs> it seems appropriate. The, uh, he says it later in time. So the villain of the movie is a man called the Kurgan, and not Merkin Kurgan. Oh, okay, yeah. and uh, he's played by Clancy Brown, who is most well known as the um, head guard from Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah, yeah. 
and also like a, he does a lot of voice work. Oh, he's yeah, he's killing it. You'd know him totally if you saw him. Yeah. Also, if you saw him in this movie, uh, but this is one of his early roles, and he plays the bad guy in the movie. And it's a total 80s bad guy. This movie is very heavily influenced by the Terminator, uh, the Rocky movies, and I think just like those Beastmaster movies. And Hercules in New York. Talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, the director of the movie, before this, he directed a lot of music videos. Um, he directed the Who Sang Video Killed the Radio Star, The Bugles, Buggles. The Bungles. Bug, the bug, the Buggles. The Buggers. And um, he directed that video um, and a few others. And oh, that's, can, a, that's a nice little trivia then. He had the first video on MTV. Yeah, I guess Good so. for him. Yeah, those royalties are really paying off. <laughs> You're killing him. And um, it's uh, it totally shows. And I, I, I don't like to question anybody because of their, their directing background, but you can totally tell this guy did music videos because this movie was this a, movie looks like a music video. And it was a series of three and a half minute scenes. Exactly. You're exactly right. Oh, okay. It's uh <laughs> it's exactly what the movie is. Every three every three to four minutes it's like another movie has begun. Oh. And uh no none of the scenes match in far as far as tone from from the previous scenes. There's random bursts of humor. In the climax of the movie, when um, the Christopher Lambert and Clancy Brown are fighting each other, um, he like just starts dropping one-liners out of nowhere, and then uh, the whole the whole scene is shot with this. I, I don't know if it's a dolly. I'm gonna say it's a dolly because it doesn't seem anyway. Uh, that just keeps going left to right on an arc. And the director just keeps using the entire shot we're to the gonna, point. We're just going to run with this. Yeah. Well, like he starts on the left and goes all the way to the right. And then you could tell when it ran out of track, but they're still recording. And it just sits there. Oh. And you could tell it's influenced by um, uh, Return of the Jedi. And because, Apple's panoramic because, photo option. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just a movie that is just copying other people's yeah. styles, trying to make it into something bigger. But uh, as terrible as the movie is, God damn it, does it work. Yeah. You're it's, not going to turn it off. What's it, like an hour and a half long, too? It's not. No, it's two. It's a solid oh, two. Oh, it's a beefy two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it starts to feel a little long towards the end because it gets stupid, but it's. It's a solid movie. It's 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 you can't turn it off. Everything in the movie sounds like they forgot to turn on the microphones for everything. Oh, it's like it's picking up ambient mics, but not like the ones on. No, the it sounds like they did all of the sound in post. <laughs> like they were, they just said, "We'll just we'll just get it all later. Just shoot it, and we'll do the sound later." Well, clearly he had to do all his lines multiple times before he because he can get down the line, like yeah. the English of it. There's no yeah. way they took what he was saying then. The way he talks is so odd, and and when you finally figure out, oh, he doesn't speak English. You go, oh, well, now it makes so much sense because he just delivers lines like, "The guitar is on the floor." <laughs> no, like, <laughs> that's a good French Scott right there. Thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> but Highlander, definitely check it out. I haven't seen any of the sequels, and again from IMDb, I learned that Sean Connery is in the sequel with Christopher Lambert. So I think I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, because I know it's nowhere near as good as the first one, but or brain donors. So I you're gonna have to check something out here. 
Either way, it sounds awful. <laughs> well, that brings us to the next part of our show where we would normally read the responses to Ray's random request or last week's Dan's dastardly question. <laughs> and um, I'll be honest with everyone. I didn't have time to read them all. There were so many that I have not had time to look at them. Why would, where were you going to find the time? I, well, I was, mean, we keep letting Ray's last question, what's your favorite sports movie, bleed out for the last month. And then Dan's question last week has really lit up the web waves. The webscape. Yeah. The World Wide Web is burning down. Uh, it's You actually literally have to put it on fire um, to get more. You have to use fire to put out that fire. There's so much fire. You got to back burn it. That's a word. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to get you those answers next week. Because oh. Ray is very excited to hear what all the responses are. And I know Dan wants to hear too, but Dan's going to have to wait. Dan's going to push it back a little bit. Now, Lou. Uh-oh, what? Just to tide us over for those people who have already answered. Sure. Oh, so anyway, last week, or Ray's question from a month ago now is, what's your favorite sports movie? Dan's question was, I think, what movie did you get talked into seeing that you didn't want to see and ended up loving? Oh, so for you, that's not brain donors. Right. That's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Dan's question was, what movie did you, did people make you see that you, that you were hesitant about and ended up loving? I, on the website, I wrote it much more eloquently. Sure. You used all the right words. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lou. Yeah. Tide us over till next week. Can't wait. What is this week's Lou's Lunatic Conclusion. <laughs> um, well, I didn't know I was going to have to present a clustion. So I will actually run with that opposite there. What is a movie? Oh. What is a movie that you insist, and, and not like to be like ironic like a hipster, like literally a movie you love and you've tried and tried, but like no one else likes like you there's just a movie that you would live on an island where you were the only person that likes it oh. so you have a movie that you've like as much as you've tried no one nearly likes it as much as you have it's a good question yeah it's, Mine, a, it's a good collusion what a collusion um i uh i'd have to say for me probably well i don't know because everyone who sees it likes it but you got to get them to watch it but uh dirty work the Norm Macdonald. Oh yeah, classic. you have to really. Yeah, exactly. It's but we saw that in theaters, and me and my group of friends that were there were the only ones laughing in a theater. I might have been the same. You, we, we lived miles and miles apart, so we were. Li <laughs> but I remember, yes, that movie lived on forever. He's oh man, there's a bunch of dead hookers in the cars. Yeah, and and. Uh, and when Artie Lang pulls his ass out to moon the audience, he's supposed to keep he was, driving. He's supposed to keep driving. Yeah, that movie's fantastic. Movie line. <laughs> but yeah, the Check same. Out dirty work. Don't watch brain donors. No, guys, that's actually a solid three hour. Like, think about like you dropped your your wife, husband, significant other off somewhere, and oh. they're like they're going to do some shopping, but you had to drive. You have one car. Load brain donors and dirty dirty work onto your phone. And sit in your car and watch those two movies back to back. Also, check out Dodie Woke. Do oh, Dodie Woke's going to kill you. 
So great question. Great question. Yes. Lou, that brings us to the next part of the show where we talk about plugs. But before we get to that, I want to say thank you to the people who are listening to us on the podcast radio network. You can catch us here every week at 10, every Wednesday night at 1030, uh, right after Let's Talk Flicks. Um, and if you're tuning in, listening to us, and you want to catch some of our back catalog or just get to know the gang, you can uh, <laughs> find us on your favorite podcasting app. If you look us up and you can't find us, send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, or thisweekinfilmpodcast.com. Let us know, and that's also where you can go to answer our weekly question. Lou? Yeah. What do you got? Oh, yeah, guys. I appear on another podcast, not just this uh, choice ever uh, stint I do here, but on the Elvis and podcast. Elvis and. And it's an improv podcast based on the stories and tales of Elvis Presley's life. Mm -hmm. And it is improv-based, uh, actually it's strongly improv without, after the uh, opening monologue. And it is, uh, I mean, it's really funny. And I, I mean, I would rattle off all the names, but what I'd rather you do is just go add it into your podcast feed. Elvis and. You might have to search Elvis comma and. Oh yes, definitely put the comma. Because then it'll be like. And it's A-N-D is, is and. And. Elvis and. Uh, it's a take on the improv. Yes and. Elvis and. And then also you'll see that all the podcast names are Elvis and Guns. Elvis and he bought a monkey, so his, his name was Scatter. Anyway, it's very funny. <laughs> We're about four or five episodes into our second season. It's very, very funny. It's very, very well done. The editing is uh, glorious. It's a definite headphones ep uh, podcast where it is, uh, what do you say? It's in stereo sound, I guess. So you can a lot pick of sound design. Yeah, a lot of sound design is what I'm looking for. It's definitely a cool little... 35 40 minute experience for your heads uh so yeah it'd be great if you guys put us in the old feed yeah it's definitely a fun show i really enjoy listening to it i really liked last was it last month was elvis and cosby oh yeah that oh, was boy. that killed me believe it or that, not that elvis it, there was a time elvis was too uh uh incapac incapacitated from his pills to perform and colonel tom parker hired a very young and up-and-coming Bill Cosby to fill his slot in Las Vegas that weekend. And, yeah, we had a little bit of fun with that one. Yeah, it's a good episode. Um, okay, well, oh, uh, I want to throw out, because most weeks we don't have any plugs, if you have something you want us to plug, Ray gave me this idea a few weeks back when he plugged a couple things for people he knows. Oh. If you've got something you want us to plug... Send us a message. Yeah. We'll be happy to do it, as so long as it's probably not illegal. Right. We're not plug anything. Plug. We'll not plug anything on the dark web for you, but we will plug anything on the up and up web. We might do the plug. Well, we'll do plugs of the dark yeah. web. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you've got anything, or you have a small business or a large business, uh, and you want some free advertising, shoot us a line. We'll be happy to fill some air time with it. Uh, but. Lou, Nick, guess that is the end of the reel. Oh, so we'll see you next week in film. See you, Twiffers. What? What?